Hi everyone, it's Aisa here from Seek to Speak, and in this International Women's Day special, we are celebrating the stories and experiences shared by all of you during our Kisa Kita short story competition with the team Embrace Equity. In part two of this special, you will listen to 12 stories ranging from school place discrimination, gender roles, and family dynamics. To find out more about these stories, check out our show notes and don't forget to check out part one of this special as well, which we released last Sunday. Lots of great stories there too. But before we begin, just a quick trigger warning that the stories shared here do touch on themes concerning gender discrimination and bias, especially in educational institutions and concerning leadership roles. Should you find this type of content triggering, please stop now and come back when or if you're ready. Without further ado, let's hear it from you. I was seven when my parents decided to have another baby. Both of them matured and had high hopes for a baby boy. I never really cared to ask why, but having witnessed the hint of disappointment after my sister's gender was confirmed, I was keen for an answer. While my father was driving us back from the hospital, I immediately brought up my question. He replied, Sweetie, a boy can do amazing things that a girl could not. He could lead a nation to a better future and contribute to society. My mother continued, however, a girl will get married and do her best to keep the house in shape. My brows furrowed. This doesn't make any sense, I exclaimed. I'm a girl and I can do what a boy can too. My parents looked startled, but quickly returned their composure. They smiled and chorused. You'll understand when you get older. I disagreed and was determined to prove them wrong. Years passed and I am currently in year 10. Being in the basketball club which has fewer girls, I aspire to prove that girls can be equally good athletes. I took one step closer to my goal by volunteering to be the president during the annual general meeting. However, I received many perplexed stares. Even the coach was surprised by my action. He said that the position is reserved for boys and girls are not allowed to lead the club. I was truly disgusted by the biasness. The coach seemed to read my mind because he said, if you're not happy with the school rules, the principal's room welcomes you. Although I was intimidated, I requested to meet the principal right after the meeting and was called into his office. Good morning. I heard that you questioned one of our school rules, the principal started. Not exactly, but may I know the reason for having this rule? Male taking on leadership roles has been our school's tradition. But why? Silence filled the room and then broke when he said, I'm afraid I do not remember. I decided to push my luck. In that case, may I try out the position? I asked. It felt like eternity until he finally announced, All right, you shall be the vice president for an event for the basketball club. If you handle it well, I may banish the rule. I beamed as I thanked the principal, and he returned a smile. I worked hard with the committees. Eventually, the, the event turned out perfect. Alas, the principal and coach recognized female leadership, hence removing the gender bias rule. Slowly, more female students started carrying leadership roles, 
resulting in continuous improvement for the school. Gender inequality is like folding an angel's wings, keeping them from their potentials and talents, causing great loss and missed opportunities. Every female has the has equal rights to shine, given the equity to perform instead of being overshadowed by their male counterpart, a stereotype that should not happen in our society. This is the unsung tale of a lion-hearted woman whose story may not have been able to move mountains and oceans, but it is still one ought to be told. She was raised in a conservative brown family where men were given more of anything and everything, while women in the family were left with little to none. Misogyny was deeply rooted in her family as if it was the right way to live. Education, the one thing she believed had the power to change the trajectory of her life, was snatched from her. After years of convincing herself that perhaps this was her fate, she made a bold choice. Unannounced, she left home for good and was enlisted in the army on her own. Her mother was the only one who rooted for her. One look at her face, the mother knew. It was time for her daughter to fly high. Rumors spread like wildfire, and her family, particularly the men, were disappointed to say the least. A woman living life on her own terms, after bearing the burden of oppression her entire life, is the only thing that could possibly degrade the family's pride, right? Fast forward to six months later, she returned home as a corporal. Though serving in the military may not have been her dream, she was aware that it was the one door that was open when all others were shut. The battle only grew harder as she got married. It was a one woman's job, from cooking to cleaning and every little thing in between. She didn't have the same flexibility and empowerment as a partner did to develop as a person. Men don't belong in the kitchen was what she heard after all the hustle. And all of a sudden, fundamental life skills had detrimental impact on masculinity. I suppose that's what we mean by fragile masculinity anyway. She always had a flair in her to be an entrepreneur, but because someone had to be more responsible than the other, that dream remained just that, a dream. This godsend woman is my mother. My mother didn't break all of the generational curses, but that doesn't mean she broke none. This piece is written in honor of all the women who came before me, whose legacy will carry on in every strand of my DNA, no matter how big or small it is. Now, the baton has been entrusted to me to fight on the good fight. This oppressive, unjust system affects us all differently and to varying degrees. Yet, not everyone suffers equally because patriarchal systems prey on differences and vulnerabilities. Moving forward, we shall strive to make the world a less painful place for everyone and where some more profoundly impoverished and repressed than others, can heal more than others need to heal.
A fair and impartial space for men and women is all I hope for. After all, we're all victims of a patriarchal society. Have you ever felt the incredulous pain of unfairness to the point where it consumes you whole from the inside out? It's the worst feeling in the world, especially as a woman in this day and age. My story doesn't involve leadership or good values as the main point of the story. It's how things should be equal between two people who are in the wrong regardless of gender. I get attached very easily. I tend to give my all to someone who isn't worth a second of my time. When high school started, it was a fresh start. If only I had been so infatuated with seeking male attention, maybe I would have had a second chance. I go to a boarding school, MJSC, and it all started in Form 2. My batch is the only batch with no boys. My academic prefect changed frequently and I fell for my prefect. He was a year older and a semi-decent guy. I gave him a good luck note and things fell into place. I loved every second because it was so new to me. Who wouldn't love the feeling of butterflies in your stomach and the pounding in your chest every time you see him? Every message, every call, every gift that was exchanged, I regret everything. It was fun in the moment, but looking back, was it worth it? I sacrificed my life to this guy. What do I get in return? Countless days of mental breakdowns. In my school, couples are practically the most problematic in discipline cases. My school went from zero cases to the highest amount of disciplinary cases in a year. I never made it official with this guy, but we exchanged romantic texts from time to time. One weekend, I got called by my male teacher. He asked me for my phone. Panicking, I ran to the dormitory and he told me to explain the whole situation. Thankfully, he didn't check my phone. However, he said something that made my heart drop. He called my mother and told her about my incident. He didn't get angry, he just gave me a warning. I called my mother that night, sobbing and promising that I'll never repeat the same mistake. He got called by the teacher the next day. Guess what? He received just a warning. The unfairness I felt when I found out his parents weren't called made me furious. Was it because he's a smart kid, so his punishment was just a warning? If it were my second warning and my parents were called, I'd understand. But this was my first warning. Why were my parents called and his weren't? Is it because I'm a girl? Is it because I'm grown up? I was 14. I'm bound to make mistakes because I'm a teenager. This life is unfair, but things will still happen despite the inequity of gender. I'm in Form 3 now. Maybe someday, punishment will be equal despite the gender of the person. Akusha, aku membesar dalam keluarga yang sederhana. Seringkali aku mendengar tentang ketaksamaan jantina dalam masyarakat hari ini. Aku tertanya-tanya, mengapa perlu adanya perbezaan ketaksamaan antara lelaki dan wanita? Adakah kerana mereka beranggapan bahawa kami lemah dan tidak mampu melakukan kerja mahupun hal-hal yang berat seperti lelaki? Ini tidak adil, kumam diriku. Bagiku, wanita perlu diperlakukan dan dilayan dengan sama rata seperti lelaki. Tidakkah kau lihat betapa ramainya tokoh wanita yang melakukan pekerjaan berat seperti lelaki? Aku lelah disisihkan dan diremehkan hanya kerana aku meminati bidang pekerjaan lelaki. Ingin kubuktikan bahawa wanita boleh jadi setaraf dengan lelaki bahkan lebih hebat daripada lelaki. 
Lihatlah seperti kisah Puan Aina Martiah, seorang kontraktor binaan di mana beliau sendiri yang melakukan kerja-kerja berat dan lasak di tempat binaan. Tidak kalah juga dengan Lieutenant P.A. Azizah, seorang anggota dalam Angkatan Pertahanan Awam Malaysia. Beliau boleh diibaratkan bagaikan permata kerana tidak kekok dengan melakukan kerja lasak yang memerlukan ketahanan fizikal dan mental. Lelaki pun tidak ramai yang boleh bertahan dalam kerja seperti ini. Jauh di lubuk hatiku ingin sekali ku mencuburi bidang seperti ini namun apakan daya. Orang di sekeliling tidak mengizinkannya. Kata mereka tugas orang wanita hanyalah setakat berada di dapur, memasak, mengemas rumah, melayan suami dan juga menjaga anak. Disebabkan pemikiran yang kolot ini, ramai wanita menjadi mangsa gangguan seksual, keganasan fizikal dan bahkan penderaan rumah tangga. Sudah menjadi tanggungjawab semua untuk menghormati hak mereka, mendedahkan serta menggilap potensi mereka sebagai sebahagian daripada penyumbang kepada pembangunan ekonomi negara. Masyarakat hendaklah menghapuskan diskriminasi terhadap wanita dan melindungi mereka daripada penderaan fizikal dan mental serta menyediakan kemudahan dan infrastruktur yang mampu meningkatkan kemahiran mereka. Ramai kaum wanita beranggapan bahawa mereka akan berumah tangga dan menyerahkan tanggungjawab mencari rezeki kepada ketua keluarga. Diskriminasi terhadap wanita seperti ini sebenarnya ialah strategi golongan kapitalis untuk melemahkan kuasa pekerja wanita daripada memperjuangkan isu ini. Malah isu ketaksamaan gender ini diangkat menjadi teras kelima dalam maklamat pembangunan seperti yang digariskan oleh Pertubuhan Bangsa-Bangsa Persatu. Jurang ketaksamaan ini mengekang kemajuan wanita untuk berdaya saing dalam sektor ekonomi. Norma budaya ini juga sering diperkukuhkan dengan pentafsiran yang sempit. Ramai lagi yang masih beranggapan bahawa wanita tidak layak untuk mentadbir negara. Peranan wanita sering disandarkan pada perkara kecil semata-mata. Isu ini perlu ditekankan kerana perjuangan ketaksamaan gender ini bukanlah perkara yang baharu. Cara pandangan masyarakat tentang ketaksamaan wajar diperluas. Kesaksamaan tidak bermaksud setiap orang lelaki mahupun perempuan mempunyai hak yang sama semata-mata. Asasnya, pengkelasan berdasarkan gender dari status adalah perlu bagi melihat segala keperluan dengan lebih terperinci. Perkara ini penting untuk memastikan keperluan seperti bajet belanjawan sampai kepada segenap lapisan masyarakat. Impaknya masyarakat dapat mengecapi kebaikan bersama, keperluan kesaksamaan gender boleh direalisasikan. Perjuangan dalam melakukan ketidakadilan sosial di dunia merupakan sebuah jalan yang panjang dan bernilai. Isu kesaksamaan gender merupakan salah satu aspek dalam mengangkat nilai kemanusiaan yang lebih tinggi. Bangkitlah wahai kaum wanita, suarakan dan pertahankan hak kita. Since primary school, I've attended a public school which consists of both genders. I love being around other races and religion, learning about their culture, and being able to socialize with the opposite gender without any kind of awkwardness at a young age. Just like any other student, I've always been a go-getter, trying to achieve every success there is in school. I've participated in choral speaking, attended every camping trip during my scouting days, and became the school athlete. I've always maintained this behavior until this very day. During year six, 
I initially got turned down to become the scout president by one of my male friends. One of the teachers stood up for me to express her disagreement. She spoke about how active I was as a young scout by joining every camping trip there is and how much I've grown from all the experience I've gained. I was glad that they came to realise. I was glad that they came to realise how I deserved the role much more compared to my male school fellow. Teachers should be a leading example when there is any kind of discrimination that occurs within their control. Back in high school, during senior year, it is when everyone is competing to be on top of the list, grabbing every opportunity they can get in order for them to get the good leadership opportunities so that it can look good on their curriculum vitae. I was elected as a vice house captain during my senior year. Ironically, all the four spot house vice captains were female and all the captains were male. The teachers in the school wanted it that way and I did not condemn their choice as I took it as a norm. Back then, I took whatever situation there is with an open heart. I was not as outspoken as I am today and I have more knowledge in this type of situation as I get older. I did not question nor did I do anything about it. Thinking back to this situation, I felt there is injustice in this particular norm we have succumbed to live in. School teachers should be supportive of their students. Young ladies should get leadership position and take charge when they clearly deserve one in a situation. This generation is the future and society should not be frightened when a woman starts to take on leadership positions. Jacinda Ardern is one of the living proof that women are absolutely capable of leading a country and getting the job done. Women have the same capabilities and intellect to lead just like any other man. Women should be given the same opportunities and should be respected for what they contribute to the society. Embracing equity is when women are able to thrive by breaking the structural barriers that prevent them from moving forward. Raising awareness about the difference between equality and equity will help shape a healthier society in order to bridge the equity gap. I enjoy watching movies. I also spend some of my leisure time reading books. This hobby is not only fun, but they have taught me a lot of things. One of them is embracing equity, which I would love to share and spread this knowledge to everyone. So let us enter the realm of equity and equality. Now let me tell you a little bit about what I discovered. Many people appear to be perplexed by the term equality and equity. To prevent confusion, I'll provide a brief definition for each word. Equality refers to the state of being equal, particularly in terms of status, rights, or opportunities, whereas equity refers to the quality of being fair and impartial. In terms of the real-world issues, people have been led to believe that in order to be fair, they must be equal. This is a false assumption. So allow me to get you to the truth. Let's start with some questions. Where does this assumption come from? 
Personally, I believe this mindset has been instilled in us since we were children. Why am I saying this? This is due to the exposure that children have received from watching their father leave for work while their mother takes care of the cleaning, cooking, and other household duties. They believe that women's sole responsibility is to stay at home. This is where things start to go wrong. While some may be doing it willingly, others may be doing it out of spite. Everyone has their own dreams. Dreams of starting your own bakery, writing a book, or even managing your own line of clothing. Unfortunately, not everyone gets to live their dream. Women haven't been given an equal chance or resources to fulfill their ambitions. All of this is a result of our gender differences. Some believe that the men should do all the work and provide for the family, but this is not correct. So how should we deal with this issue? So both genders should be given equal opportunity and chances. Along with that, the equity should be implemented by taking into account each person's needs and skills for them to accomplish the same goal. Everyone should have the right to express themselves and have their voices heard. An environment where we can freely express our opinion and thoughts without discrimination, prejudice, and inequity will lead to a life full of satisfaction for both parties. I've also once experienced gender inequity. I was known as an ambitious young lady who believed she was born to lead. By the way, I'm an ENFJ. Back in primary school, I would apply for every single available position. Unfortunately, the majority of the leaders' position are given to boys, while the girls are given the assistant position. I believe that everyone, regardless of their gender or intelligence, should be given the opportunity to prove their worth. Equity and equality should be applied in all circumstances. Before I conclude, I'd like to point out that everyone is built differently. Some are tall, some are shorter, some are intelligent, and some excel at sports. Our differences are what distinguishes us. Our differences bring us all together. As a result, let us all accept our differences and embrace equality. Sofia and her team were ecstatic after winning the robotics competition. They hugged each other tightly, jumping up and down in excitement. Sofia could feel the tears streaming down her face as she felt a sense of achievement and fulfillment. She looked at her teammates with watery eyes, and her mind drifted back to all the struggles and hardships went through in the past year. Sophia, a bright student, passionate about extracurricular activities, dreamed of participating in a robotics competition. However, she noticed a significant disparity in opportunities for male and female students in her school. The existing teams were predominantly male, and her teacher rejected her joining request. 
Sophia was determined to build her team and started contacting other girls in the school who shared her interests. Together, they formed an all-female robotic team but faced challenges with funding and equipment. Undeterred, Sophia sought sponsorship from local businesses and organizations and the team worked tirelessly to prepare for the competition. As the news of the all-female robotic team victory spread, Sophia and her team received much attention. News outlets contacted them for interviews and Sophia was invited to speak at a local conference on the importance of gender equity in the STEM field. However, not everyone was supportive of Sophia and her team's success. Some male students in her school felt threatened by the girls' victory and began harassing them on social media. Sophia and her team received hateful messages and comments telling them that they did not deserve to win and that they were only given special treatment because they were girls. Sophia was shocked and hurt by the negative reaction, but she refused to let it deter her from her mission. She knew that her victory had only highlighted the need for more gender equity in STEM fields and that there was still a long way to go. Sophia continued to advocate for more resources and opportunities for girls in her school and community. She worked with local organizations to start mentoring programs and workshops for girls interested in STEM. And she continued to speak out about the importance of equity and inclusion. As she graduated from high school and moved on to college, Sophia continued to pursue her passion for robotics and became a leader in the field. She founded a non-profit organization that provides resources and mentorship to girls interested in STEM. She traveled the world, speaking at conferences and events, inspiring young girls everywhere to pursue their dreams. Sophia's journey was not easy, but it was a powerful reminder that change is possible when we work together and refuse to be silent. Her story inspired a generation of young girls to follow in her footsteps and create a more equitable and just world for all. Maya was 14 and her little brother, Toby, was 5. Maya has saved up her allowance for weeks and bought herself a cute teddy bear, which she was so proud of. But the moment Toby saw it, he wanted it for himself. He began to chill with fit and cry, demanding that Maya give it to him. It's mine! Maya said firmly. I bought it with my own money, and I'm not giving it to you. But Toby kept crying and screaming, and eventually, Maya's parents stepped in. Maya, give it to your brother, her mother said in a tired voice. Maya was shocked. She had been taught to respect other people's belongings, and she expected the same from her brother. But her parents were not teaching Toby the lesson. They were simply expecting Maya to give in to his demands. Why do I have to be the one to give it up? She asked. If Toby were a girl, 
You wouldn't be letting him get away with this. Her parents simply shrugged and said, "Boys will be boys." Maya felt her cheeks flush with anger. She knew that this was a double standard. Boys were allowed to misbehave and get away with it, while girls were expected to be perfect and never make mistakes. She wanted to argue with the parents, but she knew it would be useless. Instead, she quietly handed Toby the teddy bear, her jaw clenched with frustration. As Toby clenched the teddy bear and beamed with delight, Maya could help but felt a twinge of sadness. She had worked so hard to earn the money for the bear, and now it was being taken away from her. But Maya knew that this was the reality of being a girl in a world that glorifies boys, no matter how badly they behave. She was constantly expected to be the perfect daughter, while Toby was allowed to get away with anything. Maya sighed and tried to shake off her frustration. She knew that one day she would be able to speak up and fight for her rights. Until then. She would just have to keep her head high and try to make the best of it. If you ever had the chance to help a child trapped in gender inequality, please do so, as I still regret not doing it. At a Korean barbecue restaurant with my friends, I noticed a father and a son happily entering the shop. However, my attention was drawn to a girl following behind them gloomily. Despite being older than the boy, she appeared to lack the confidence and was excluded from the conversation. She nervously fidgeted with her clothes and looked around as if trying to distract herself. As soon as the father and son stepped into the shop, she quickly sat down in the waiting area as if trained to do so. Throughout their meal, the girl sat alone at a table outside the shop, staring blankly at the passerby. The situation disturbed me, and I couldn't help but ask questions. The reason behind the differential treatment the girl was receiving was she not part of the family? Was she being punished for something, or was it because of her gender? Countless questions swirled in my mind as I tried to rationalize the father's behavior. As I reflected on the situation, it became apparent that this family was not treating the girl equally. I regret not taking action at the time to help her. Perhaps I was afraid I had misinterpreted the situation wrongly, or felt that I had no right to intervene in a family matter. However, looking back, I realized I could have talked to the girl if she needed help. It wouldn't have done any harm, and it might have positively impacted her life. Gender inequality doesn't just harm the oppressed, but also the oppressor. The girl was clearly a victim of inequality. As her father denied her the same opportunities and resources provided to her brother, the impact of the unfair treatment on her self-worth and potential was heart-wrenching to witness. However, it is not just the girls affected in this scenario. The boy, growing up in this environment, is also a victim of this inequality. He is being taught to view women as inferior. And is at a risk of carrying disbelief into his adult life, which can harm his relationship, work life, and overall well-being. This incident has lingered in my 
thoughts, and I realize it's never too late to take action. We must embrace equity and recognize that each person has a unique circumstances requiring different resources and opportunities to achieve equal outcome. It is important to acknowledge the impact of gender inequality and take action promoting gender equity in our society. I am grateful for this opportunity to share my story through the Kisah Kita competition, and I hope it inspires others to join me in the fight for gender equity. Nadia adalah seorang pelajar yang aktif dan prihatin tentang isu-isu sosial. Dia selalu berusaha untuk meningkatkan kesedaran tentang kesaksamaan jantina di kalangan rakan-rakannya. Pada satu hari, Nadia mengadakan pertemuan dengan kelompok pelajar di kampus untuk membincangkan tentang pentingnya kesaksamaan jantina dan apa yang dapat dilakukan untuk meningkatkan kesedaran tentang isu ini. Mereka bermula dengan membincangkan pengalaman mereka sendiri tentang diskriminasi gender yang pernah mereka alami, termasuk ketidakadilan dalam peluang pendidikan dan pekerjaan. Mereka juga membincangkan mengenai bagaimana gender stereotip dan persepsi negatif dapat mempengaruhi persepsi masyarakat terhadap kesaksamaan jantina. Setelah itu, Nadia mengajak mereka untuk berfikir secara kritis tentang bagaimana mereka boleh membantu meningkatkan kesedaran tentang kesaksamaan jantina di kalangan pelajar lain di kampus. Mereka menghasilkan beberapa cadangan seperti mengadakan kuliah tentang isu ini, mempromosikan kempen kesaksamaan jantina di media sosial dan mengadakan acara kesedaran seperti pertandingan menulis esei. Mereka juga memutuskan untuk meminta sokongan daripada pihak pentadbiran kampus untuk membantu meningkatkan kesedaran tentang isu kesaksamaan jantina di kalangan pelajar lain. Melalui usaha mereka, Nadia dan kumpulannya berjaya meningkatkan kesedaran tentang kesaksamaan jantina di kalangan pelajar kampus. Banyak pelajar kampus mengambil kesedaran tentang isu ini dan memulakan langkah-langkah kecil untuk membantu meningkatkan kesedaran tentang isu kesaksamaan jantina di kalangan masyarakat. Kisah Nadia menunjukkan betapa pentingnya kesedaran tentang kesaksamaan jantina dalam masyarakat dan bagaimana pelajar dapat memainkan peranan penting dalam meningkatkan kesedaran tentang isu ini. Melalui kerjasama dan usaha bersama, kita dapat memperjuangkan hak-hak yang sama dan kebebasan untuk semua individu tanpa mengira gender mereka. Life has always felt like it was pressing down on me too heavily. I am the chubby pal, second option, the friend who never gets good grades, the third wheel in any trio, and the minor role in every novel. Hence, the reminder of you can't have everything you want because that's not how the world works is something I think my inner child could tell me without a pediatrician's help. The crystal clear fact that I neither can nor will do so is obvious to me. Being a sluggish learner is a superpower I was born with. Keeping up with other kids at school is a war for me. My mom calls me lazy. My teachers call me lazy. And my classmates say things like, at least I scored higher than her. It may seem usual, but it's different. Being a girl with nothing to offer is a disaster. Honestly, it is possible to get by with a superpower of being a sluggish learner. Unfortunately, you ignored an important detail. This is Malaysia. Adolescents in Malaysia are wedded at the hip with exam papers and males just got better opportunities. So, 
As I continue to sit for examinations, the world will increasingly be aware of my superpower. Or in other way to illustrate, people just started to know I'm stupid. Thus, I can't claim to be the secret comic book hero anymore. But you should know that things won't always be that doom and gloom for me. Because Elwood won't be admitted to Harvard if all she does is sit around and look pretty. And if Wolfsburg keep playing against Real Madrid with the same tactics, they will not have a chance at winning the league. So, I made a snap choice one day to reconsider my strategy. And if I hadn't been the one to make the choice to have faith in myself at that one moment, I wouldn't be as proud of myself as I am today. I am grateful that I was able to have faith that my potential is unbounded. And in the event of failure, I always gave it another go. So to compensate for the truth that my brain might learn at a slower pace than most, I will have to put in twice as much time and effort. So the effort actually paid off. I scored 7 A's for my PT3. I made it to Dean's list every semester in MRSM, received 8 A's in my SPM, a first-year law student, and most importantly, the lead character in my novel, my story, and my ending. And you, you should decide your own story, your own ending. Don't ever doubt yourself because success has no gender. It is yours for the making. Leila is a mother of two young children and a wife of a hard-working husband. She is a loving wife, a caring mother and a passionate employee. But she was struggling to keep up with all her responsibilities. At work, she was constantly trying to prove her worth and often found herself taking on extra tasks and putting in extra hours. At home, she was dealing with the daily chores of cooking and cleaning as well as caring for her two children who seemed to be constantly getting into mischief. Leila was beginning to feel overwhelmed and she was starting to resent her husband. She felt like he wasn't doing his fair share when it came to helping out around the house. She also felt like he didn't understand her struggles as a working mother. He seemed to think that it was her job to take care of the children and do all the cooking and cleaning and that she should be able to do it all with ease. Leila was determined to make things work, but it was becoming increasingly hard for her to juggle all her responsibilities. She thought about asking for help from her husband, but she was worried that he wouldn't be willing to step up. One day, after a particularly stressful day at work and a long night dealing with her children, Leila finally reached her breaking point. She decided that she couldn't keep living like this. She knew that she deserved to be appreciated and respected, and it was time for her to take a stand. The next day, Leila told her husband that she was leaving him. She explained that she loved him 
and wanted to make things work. But it was impossible for her to do all the housework, childcare and work-related tasks all by herself. She asked him to take the responsibility of being a good father and husband seriously and to start helping out around the house. Leila's husband was shocked by her decision, but he accepted it. He apologized for not doing enough to help her, but it was too late. He could not change the past by crying over spilt milk. Leila was relieved to finally have a solution to her problem. She was thankful for her newfound freedom and was excited to start living life on her own terms. She was looking forward to the future and creating a life for herself and her children that didn't involve her husband. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and to the stories of our amazing Kisa Kita participants. Keep a lookout for part 3 dropping next week. And I also wanted to say thank you to our voiceover volunteers this week who are Mai, Fiza, Najiha, Sharon, Honey, Glory and Aina. As well as Aifa, let's not forget Aifa. Thank you so much for lending your voice to these stories. And Jasprit too. Oh my gosh, thanks for your voice, Jasprit. You know I love you. Please don't get mad. It's just been a long day. Which reminds me, if anybody's interested in podcast production and wants to help me out with this episode, you are willing to hit, you are f- willing, you are free to hit me up at hellosicktospeak at gmail.com or just DM us in any one of our socials. We will be happy to have you on board to teach you and to also produce more episodes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.